Today in a special crossover event, one team heads to the postseason. The other team packs their bags yet again. The Colorado Rockies were kind of blown away by the Twins. Are they a sleeper team for the World Series? You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock on baseball fans, specifically Twins and Rockies fans, welcome into a special Locked On crossover event here between the Locked On Rockies and Locked On Twins podcast. First time we get to do this. I'm excited, Brandon, here. We're getting down and uh, talking about the, the series, the last series of the year for the Rockies, the last tune-up series of the year for the Minnesota Twins as they get ready to head on into the postseason. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Twins maybe flying under the radar for some people because I got to know more about these Twins teams. I feel like the Twins especially are classic case. They fill in with the Rockies of what the heck's going on with that team? What's going on? And uh, I, I'm really excited that the, the new rules were on full display here and the Rockies got to finish. I mean, that had to be the first time ever that the Rockies and Twins have finished the series against or the season against each other. Yeah, uh, 30 years of Rockies baseball, and I don't think I can recall a, a single one of them where they squared off with the Twins to end the season, especially <laughs> early on when they didn't even play. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. And, and to have the season end the way it did with the Jordan Luplo, wild, well, was a wild pitch, runner scores from second. I mean, that's just a dizzying array of uh, things that would surprise you if someone told you about it ahead of time. Yeah, and 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 you know what? Let's just uh, let's just dive in here, and 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 we'll just go. We'll, we'll we'll start with the series. And one, how does it feel to go to Coors Field for for that last series? I mean, Twins were able to put up some offense in this series. The Rockies pitchers have kind of been out of gas for a bit, so there's a little bit of context that I think that has to go there. But outside of that wild pitch there, I, I think there was a lot to feel encouraged about the Twins going in there. Went to a hostile, a, a tough place to play on the road ahead of the postseason before if I, I believe they get to kick their feet up and relax a little bit this week right they're they're not in they're they're a division winner I believe right no they have Toronto they are the lowest of the division winners so they're going to host Toronto starting tomorrow so actually um they are the least fortunate of the division winners but uh they get to host so every game of this series is going to be a target field which the twins have played just, just like most good teams have been better at home this season so that's uh you know, kind of a saving grace, but Toronto travels well to Minnesota. They always seem to play Minnesota when uh, Canadian fans are on a holiday or whatever. They kind of, they have like these, you know, days we have like president's day. They don't have right. president's day, obviously, but uh, they travel to Minnesota like crazy. So I'm expecting it to be a lot less hostile than maybe twins fans would like. And you know, Rockies fans can feel with that. I mean, all season long, it's, I mean, and I think one thing, a big a big deal is people look at the Rockies and they're going to see their attendance numbers this year and they're going to say, how did the Rockies draw go up in attendance this year versus last year when the team is the worst it's ever been historically? But I think it opens up and I think it does show that I really like these rules. I really think that this is a, a good way. I, I think the, the way baseball was played this year on top of the rule changes, but the seeing the other teams I think is so important and I'm wondering if you think that was uh, important for for the twins to see all these teams ahead of the playoffs as well I know they're not going to see the Rockies in the playoffs but it's got to be good to travel and see these different teams see these different faces go to these different environments and prepare in, in preparation for the toughest part of the season yeah there's no really no reason a, a visiting team shouldn't visit Pittsburgh and San Francisco and this Colorado beautiful area uh, you know, uh, th there's no reason teams don't visit those other 
teams every single season, or at least before this year, that they didn't. And yeah, just all of the new rules, I went in kind of skeptical, like thinking I wasn't going to like them at all. And I think each of them in some form or fashion kind of grew on me. You didn't even notice the bases were any bigger after a few months or even a few weeks. And beyond that, the pitch clock, I mean, the speedy games was a pleasant surprise for me. I'm as diehard traditionalist, don't change my game of baseball guy. And honestly, I didn't have any problems with uh, any of the new rules. Yeah, I don't really, at least for the Rockies, I can't think of any moment where the pitch clock ruined a game. There might have been a a thing here or there, a a ball or a strike that that turned things away. Now the playoffs, that will be the big, the big, big question. And 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 ahead of the playoffs, this Twins team, uh, they 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 do fall in the finale, but they go into Colorado and they score twenty three runs. Is that a is that a plus for this offense? Is offense something that the Twins are going to be looking for as a strength? in this series because because uh the the sticks were hot in that final series they really picked it up in the second half and oddly enough it was not you know byron buxton was out carlos correa was kind of in a season-long funk royce lewis was very very good but he's missed some games due to injury and so it was a lot of guys offensively stepping up that maybe the national crowd isn't going to know that much about you know, edward julian and matt walner willie castro kind of a, a cast off from the tigers who has been kind of the backbone of this team. And then just a bunch of guys who are like dirty work specialists, Kyle Farmer and Donovan Solano, who play wherever you want them to go. But all that said, the offense was actually a weakness to start the season. It was the starting rotation, jumping out to that fast start that they had. You know, Sonny Gray didn't give up a homer for like half the season. And Pablo Lopez looked more good than bad to start the year. And then he's really finished strong. Um, It's been pitching, 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 uh, especially on the starting side. The bullpen is going to get scary in October because they moved Louis Varl into the bullpen and he throws the crap out of the ball. Now Brock Stewart is back. Griffin Jacks is out there. Juwan Duran is out there. And then Emilio Pagan has actually taken a nice step forward after what was a pretty ugly season last year. So um, those guys, plus Kent Maeda probably in the bullpen, Bailey Ober, who pitched very well in the finale in the bullpen. They're going to have a nice mix of multi-inning firemen, reliever types, starters, and then your traditional bullpen types as well. So I really think that people might be sleeping on on what kind of team they're going to be going into the postseason. The offense is good, but the pitching is what you're going to really want to pay attention to. Well, and I think people are going to see that. And they're going to, you know, like you said, they're the lowest of the division winners. So they got to play in these opening rounds. So that might come with it. But then you look at the records of the American League teams. Twins are, are three wins behind the Rangers, the Astros, uh, and you know, the, the and and only two behind the Blue Jays when it comes to performance. The the Rays and the Orioles being the the the, the big outliers in the American League this year. I think that just goes to show this. I mean, those teams are scary, but not, not, not nothing to take away from these teams. But outside of maybe Baltimore, is there really a team that you sit there and say? I don't think the Twins can at least go blow to blow and and have a series with. Maybe, you know, it's baseball, it's October, things can happen. But when you're looking at least on the American League side, you got to feel fairly confident that this Twins team throughout 162 was right in the mix just with these other teams that might have a little bit more hype around them. Yeah, September really set them apart and helped them draw away from Cleveland and really focus on what they needed to do to get to this point. And it was was smart of you to say in the AL because – everybody's going to worry about running into Atlanta and and justifiably so, but you don't have to worry about Atlanta until they're on your schedule. And for all, you know, somebody else could beat them, whatever. But on the AL side, the reason 
I don't fear Baltimore as much as they're starting pitching. I just don't trust as much as I tor- tor- normally would like to uh, trust one in the postseason. And their bullpen's weaker with Felix Batista getting hurt. And so they've got all those young kids. If they all take to the spotlight and do their thing, they're going to be nasty. But it's not it's not an AL year where you're like, this team is number one with a bullet, the team to beat. Because honestly, I think the Orioles and Rays cancel each other out in that race. They're both very, very good. And if either of those teams were to represent the AL, you'd be like, yeah, makes sense. By no means would I call them the 100% favorite, like the uh, consensus. But for a team like the Twins who are, you know, kind of not necessarily backing into the playoffs, but they're definitely doing kind of the back burner, back of the room, sneaking in kind of thing. Uh, it's a good year to be that kind of team. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I mean, the Orioles, the big thing there is that is all youth. I mean, that is all young guys in the biggest moments. And I, I, they're pros, pros. They have shown that they can go against the big dogs. But October baseball, it's a completely different animal. And uh, we're going to keep diving into um, what lies ahead for the Twins, connections between the Rockies. And I, because I, I keep liking explore Minnesota, just it's just that classic team that does seem like it's not getting enough attention, especially when they were the team at the beginning of the year that said, hey, Carlos Correa, we'll, we'll, we'll take you again. And they were able to navigate that even not working out. And I want to mm-hmm. maybe uh, bring that back to the Rockies and, and and talk about that as well and compare divisions a little bit. We're going to do that coming up here in segments two and three. But before we do that, I'm rocking them right now. I got my bird dogs, not just shorts. I got my bird dogs long pants on now for the, nice. the cold time here. And let me tell you, these suckers were great because I was at work. I went right to the gym. I'm still here. I'm still comfortable. I'm sweat free. Bird Dogs has you covered for all your shorts needs as I'm going to find. Where is my little? There it is. Ha ha. There's my overlay for you all as uh, Bird Dogs. I, I got to tell you, we get these products. They are easily my favorite product that we have had at Locked On. They are legit the best shorts. They are so versatile. Yep. They're so great. And we got a deal for you. Check out Locked On MLB when you go to birddogs.com and uh, you can get a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash Locked On MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You're not going to want to take your Bird Dogs off. I promise you just because they're that versatile. Check it out. Birddogs.com. Get that free water bottle with promo code Locked On MLB. Locked on Rockies and locked on twins here hanging out with you guys on today's crossover episode and talking a little bit about the twins were the team backing in there, but I don't think that's necessarily the most fair way to describe this twins team when they're a division winner. Heck, if the Rockies won the division, that would be just as uh, big of a deal as making the playoffs. I mean, division wins shouldn't go lightly, and I feel like some might be treating that for the twins. No question about it. And it's for one very big reason that splits the fan base is the 0-18 streak, having not won a postseason game since game one of the AL division series back in 2004. I mean, so so everything gets thrown into a basically a bucket where that's already in there. So it's really hard to overcome that. Will one win be enough to stop the self-loathing? Who knows? Two, a series? I don't know. But Twins fans definitely take good things for granted. I always tell them, enjoy the ride because the destination will most likely suck. 29 teams every year are not psyched with how their season ends. If you didn't enjoy the ride, why would you enjoy the destination? 
Just enjoy the game. It gives you countless hours of summer entertainment, et cetera, et cetera. So to me, the people who view a baseball season as championship or bust, to me, that's just a counterproductive hobby. And it just is all the more reason why Minnesota fans choose to not allow themselves to enjoy things because, you know, they keep saying, I'm so sick of making the playoffs. I'm so sick of making the playoffs. No, you're not. They've only made the playoffs in the target field era uh, four times and only twice have they even played a game at target field. So it's hysterical to me how many Twins fans have that kind of dissonance where it's like you should celebrate every accomplishment, but it should not take away from what happens next. Like those two things can exist in a uh, in accordance with each other. And for whatever reason, Twins fans just do not do not subscribe to that logic. Well, and, and Rockies fans can relate to that as well, where it's like, you know, listen, it, it just making the, the wild card and getting there was it was great. And then it was our first time back to back in 17 and 18. And, and it was the step forward of, oh, they made it to the wild card game. This time they won the wild card game and they got swept in the in, in the in the next round. But it was the fact that they were there. It was back to back. They were making the, that's what's to be excited for. And especially in baseball, it's really freaking hard to win the, I mean, even in a division that I would say is one of the weaker ones in baseball, doesn't matter. I mean, with everything that happened to the other twins, the twins were the dominant team. The twins didn't fall off like the guardians did. They navigated the ebbs and flows of a season and should be, it should be go down as winning. The, the Rockies have never won the division 30 years <laughs> of Rockies baseball. And they've never done that. Winning the division shouldn't be looked at lightly and you should never as a fan say I'm sick of making the playoffs because there's a lot of fans out there that would be I we're I'm waving the flag of Rocky celebration for those few playoffs that I've gotten to see and and few Rockies playoff games that I've gotten to see with 2007 being the exception yeah the Rockies uh Rockies Red Sox if I'm not mistaken yeah back in back in October there I mean so yeah I I just think it's it's you, that's the way to especially baseball there's so many baseball games and it's like you and and look and i think i think there's a prime example to look at there dodgers fans might be able to say that but can you really sit there and say woe is me i'm a dodgers fan for the past decade like i know they've missed out on on <clears throat> the championships but to be a hundred win team a constant division winner that's got to feel good not only that, but you look at the teams that have made noise in October in recent years, and they haven't always been the teams that steamrolled into the postseason. I mean, the Braves team, that vaunted Braves team with Eddie Rosario and uh, Jorge Soler, look at, don't look at their record because it, it wasn't particularly good compared to how good they played in October. Phillies, same deal last year. You don't have to steamroll everyone to win the World Series. You get into playoffs – and you have a guy like Randy Rosarena get hot. Now, Randy Rosarena is a great player, but he put himself on the map with that playoff run that he had. There's going to be a player from any number of teams who are going to put their team on their back like that, who nobody saw coming. You don't have to have four Cy Young Award winners and a crazy bullpen like the Royals 10 years ago or eight years ago. People get so convinced you have to be a certain type of team to win the World Series when really it's get in there and play your best baseball. When the Braves made it, Acuna was hurt. They had a whole bunch of their starting pitchers hurt that didn't do anything. Um, I think that the smart money is on a team sneaking to the World Series that nobody saw coming. So why not the Twins? Yeah, why not the Twins? And, and so did, you, did this team do enough this year to build that confidence? Trade deadline, offseason. I mean, we, we mentioned it. 
Correa is back <laughs> after Correa was not back twice, <laughs> you, you yep. know, before eventually going there. And then the issues with Correa uh, staying healthy and staying on the field this year. Did the Twins do enough to, I mean, winning the division, like we said, great accomplishment, but did the Twins do enough to kind of solidify themselves as a contender, at least in your eyes? I mean, I really thought one more, just, well, not even one more, just one solid reliever at the deadline would have made sense. You know, someone like Matt Moore, Reynaldo Lopez, you know, both of those guys get kind of uh, plinkoed around and neither will end up playing in the postseason, which is kind of a shame. But the way I look at this bullpen now, not getting a reliever won't be make or break because I like how the bullpen lines up, how the rotation lines up. I like it. Certainly yeah, having another starter would be nice, but that that wasn't a really realistic consideration outside of, you know, maybe Lucas Giolito, if uh, you could buy low on him, and that's not really what happened. So I think they've done pretty much what you would hope. Where their work came into play and where they got burnt last year was in depth. You know, you're having guys like Jermaine Palacios play shortstop, and they had Tim Beckham. Everybody knows Tim Beckham, number one pick from 15 years ago or whatever. He was playing left field for the Twins last year in that game where Gary Sanchez uh, blocked, and I say blocked in air quotes, the plate from Whit Merrifield, which now this is all going to come up again at Target Field Blue Jays again. But the Twins were able to fill in blanks, you know, when Byron Buxton went down, Carlos Correa goes down with Matt Walner, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Donovan Solano, Al Farmer. They, they put themselves in a position with better veterans behind those guys. Michael A. Taylor, again, a huge pickup for this team. And then beyond that, some of their rookies came up and did some good things. Jorge Polanco gets hurt. And Edouard Julien comes up and, you know, gets on base at like a 38% clip. And, you know, he hits for some power. He's getting better at second base. They just, they're, they're in a better place depth-wise right now than they've been in a really long time. And I think that's, to me, why it's okay that they didn't go out and make a big splash and get, uh, oh, even a big splash like a Randall Gritchick, you know, a lefty mashing outfielder who you know as well as anyone. Um, that was also a need for them. Instead, they go get Jordan Luplo for basically free. He's decent, and the Twins' offense just kind of picks up the pace. Uh, so it was funny. By, inact by going through inactivity, it didn't hurt them that badly. So at the time, I wanted them to do more, but I think right now they're in an okay spot offensively and, and, and on the pitching staff. Yeah, and depth is so important. It's so yeah. important throughout a baseball season and especially in the postseason. On the Rockies' side, they had no starting pitching depth. A big issue why the Rockies lost 103 games, I think it was the ended up being the total was 103. The Rockies lost two pitchers to Tommy John this year. They lost uh, Kyle Freeland was not unfortunately the velocity and things have trended down and then he gets an injury late. Austin Gomber has his best season of his of his career especially as a Rocky and then he gets hurt. And so when you're eventually looking at in the mirror and you're saying my the next three arms I'm starting are Connor Siebold and Chris Flexen and Ty Block, yeah. that ain't going to help you on top of a bullpen that you've already overworked because people will lose what, what people will forget, especially ones that don't know the Rockies at the beginning of the season. And during the beginning of the year, the Rockies had one of the better bullpens in baseball. They had some of the most attractive arms and, and some of those arms that were helping were traded at the deadline. But I think the big philosophy shift that was nice to see on the Rockies side was this team's willingness to embrace the trade deadline and make the moves that they did. The Rockies weren't going anywhere this year. They finally said, Hey, you know what? 
let's just punt on this thing. Let's we need arms in the farm system. So they go out and they trade expiring contracts. Your CJ Crone, your Randall Gritchicks, mm -hmm. and, and a couple mm -hmm. of other bullpen arms, and you and you bring in a bunch of people. Now, are they going to pan out? Are they going to be the next best thing since sliced bread? I don't know, but it doesn't. It, it, it still was encouraging to see the Rockies take those steps. But I, I can't give them enough credit because I still think the Rockies are are a really far off so i'm kind of curious are you confident with the direction of the twins are you confident with where the twins are at right now and and how they got to this point or is this something where it's like you know maybe a, a, some some cautious optimism no I'm, I'm optimistic because even though the trades that they did last uh last season at the deadline that went sideways on them you know, it was guys like Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion Strand going to the Reds. You can't just hoard all your prospects. Like, if you get to a farm system that's good enough where you have seven guys who could be decent infielders for you at any given time, you got to kind of part that out. So you trade Luis Arise and get an ace. Uh, I think an ace and Pablo Lopez. Uh, Arise had a great season, but he's not a great second baseman. He's not got healthy legs. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But if he plays second for the twins, you have Jorge Polanco to play somewhere. If he plays first, Alex Kiro. So basically they traded and cleared off a lot of the depth in a manner that is not unsustainable. Like their farm system still has Brooks Lee and Walker Jenkins at the top of it. Uh, certainly helps picking in the top five like they did this year, which, um, you know, like I said, certainly helps. Uh, they're in a good place though, because they've got some pitching prospects on the way up. Um, they've shown a really nice, uh, tendency to pick guys up and make them a better version of themselves. You know, Pablo, Sonny Gray. Uh, I think that's what they're hoping with Tyler Malley. Uh, in general, though, they've got some hard throwing relievers, some pretty good starting pitching and a lot of athleticism. And then financially, it's the Carlos Correa contract, which eh, I think he'll be better next year when he's healthier. And then the Buxton contract, which uh, when he's healthy, he's a superstar and he'll be paid like one. And when he's not, he makes 15 million bucks a year, which I mean, that's, third starter money on the open market. So uh, they're in a good spot financially. They could make a big addition this year if they decide they need to this offseason. They're, they're in a really good sustainable spot where you're like, yes, they could um, <clears throat> pivot a number of different ways this offseason if they decide, you know, they want to trade for a starter and sign a bat or vice versa. They're, they're in a good spot to, to do a lot of different things and not really be um, forced. They have their hands forced in the offseason to overpay or anything like that. They're, they're in a good spot personnel wise yeah and that's i mean that it's not flashy but it's it's no. but it's sustainable yep. and it's successful and that's and, and it allows you to open up the door for the correa signing the big you know yep. and, and do things like that which i well, think and, uh yeah go my, ahead. my take was always that if they 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 didn't spend money for a long time because they were they were bad with uh they were bad and so the target field revenues that they were banking paying joe mauer and really nobody else if they were ever going to put it back into the team, which I hope they would, my assumption was that it would be a shortstop. I mean, where are you going to spend money? Starting pitching, shortstops, maybe a catcher. If you have a, a franchise-altering great catcher who hits free agency, which really never happens. But my thought was it was actually going to be Francisco Lindor because Derek Falvey came over from Cleveland. Uh, everyone that I've ever met that has met Lindor just raves about his, you know, his personality and everything. I thought that was going to be their guy. So the fact that they wound up with one of the big shortstops from that free agent market a uh, year before last um, did that not was the one surprise with story me. too, wasn't it? Yeah. Story was the, uh, the one I thought they were going to get though um, as the off season went on. Uh, but Correa, that's, whew, 
That was that was stunning. That was like waking up in the middle of the night, shocking. Yeah, I mean, and 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 it's still and and the possibility still there, especially if it's you know if this if it sets up a year next year where I mean you're looking at the division and uh, the Guardians are still the only threat there, and they're going new manager. They got a whole bunch of change coming their way. It mm -hmm. could be you know prime to have Correa on that on that short term deal to help you out, and it's yep. it's 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 good to see. I think it's 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 fun to see a team like the twins be able to show off their version of, of, of ball and, and be able to hopefully break that. We'll see if they break the, 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 the drought here uh, with the game coming up. We're going to close things out, talk about a couple of Rockies and twins, just to, to have some fun with some names and uh, maybe just get a little bit more projected, a uh, little more predictions here for this first series here from Brandon and locked on twins here coming up in segment number three. But before we do that, if you want to get in on all the postseason action, as well as football season, FanDuel has you covered. Snap into NFL action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Yeah, that's right. $200 bonus bets for only a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. You can check out the spreads, the player props, over-unders, all that good stuff. Maybe you're going to feel so confident in the Twins after listening to this one, you're going to go take them over on this and take them on the all the overs and all that good stuff there on FanDuel. You can check it all out for yourself at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. This is the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host of the Locked On Rockies podcast, Paul Holden. I'm joined by Brandon Warren of the Locked On Twins podcast. Brandon, getting ready for an exciting night of postseason baseball, trying to break an unfortunate losing streak and... Let's let's go there. Let's let's before we go into the fun Rockies Twins trip down memory lane. Give me the prediction. Give me give me just the boilerplate what you're looking for because this has got to be one of the prime early matchups. Twins Blue Jays. That seems like a ton of fun. Yeah, and they're not stuck with the Yankees and you know the Astros. Everybody's got that mystique because they won the World Series and they have a you know a pretty good core. They didn't play that well like you'd expect this year, but same was true in 2020 when they beat the Twins. So the Twins get to try something different. They haven't seen Toronto in the playoffs since before the Rockies were even a thing back in uh, 1991. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. The Rockies, sorry, not the Rockies, the Blue Jays, easy for me to say. Uh, they're an interesting team. They can really hit, haven't had as much power as you'd think, and they're going to come at you with some pretty good starting pitching. So hopefully, hopefully home field advantage wins the day, but uh, Toronto's good. The Twins cannot afford to overlook Toronto, and I don't think they are, but – if they were, that would be a mistake. Yeah, that offense, uh, full of firepower there. And, and Toronto, another one of those teams that are trying to break their postseason uh, doldrums and, and 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 shortcomings as well. And I wanted to, before we wrap things up, as we're getting to the end, because uh, Brandon uh, gets, he gets to has the fun of covering postseason stuff. I have to keep figuring <laughs> out my how to handle the Rockies in the offseason. So I want to have a little fun here. And, and do you have a favorite out of these two Rockies who I have a fun little piece of trivia for you that relates to uh, to this season as I was reading from yesterday. Uh, this is from our friend Skylar Timmons here on Twitter. Five lowest RBIs to lead Rockies in a category in a full season. Ezekiel Tovar, the rookie for the Rockies, uh, who's one of the most exciting shortstops, I think, in the game after this year. He's going to be someone really poised for a breakout season next year. Um, but uh, number two on that list. 
Justin Morneau at 82 in 2014. And then the year before that in 2013 was Michael Kadire in 84. And I got to tell you, I thought they hit a lot more. I thought they scored a lot more runs because I feel like I remember watching Morneau and, and Kadire doing way more damage for the Rockies. Well, and the Twins being the, oh, we let this guy go type of crowd too. You know, boy, they let me know when Michael Kadire and Justin Morneau win batting grounds and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, it was it was hard to see both of those guys go, uh, but glad to see that they had success. I, I really like Denver. I really like Colorado. I, I really hope for the best for that team. It also helps that they're in the other league, so you don't have to, you know, bet against yourself or your own interests. But, um, yeah, for me, Morneau with the MVP – and you can argue of if he deserves it or not. I'm not going to fight you with that. And then uh, how good his 2010 was before he got hurt basically spelled the end of him as an everyday MVP candidate type. Um, it's got to be him. But Kadir was the backbone of some really, really good Twins teams. He did whatever was asked of him, uh, played a lot of different positions. He was the first baseman when Morneau got hurt in 2010 after the fact. So I, I have a warm and uh, happy spot in my heart for both of those guys. But Morneau to me, uh, he's a he's their color commentator now too on most of their games, and he is phenomenal. So it's Morney for me. I don't know what what about you? Uh, you know, I, I feel like it's got a Kadire just speaks a little bit more. I think that he might have been on the team that I, I think were they flirting with a playoff appearance or, or close. I can't remember, but but both of them are cool because those are names. The Rockies just at that point were just getting legacy first basemen that were mm -hmm. just uh, Giambi, Kadire, Morneau, and it, and, and it just was kind of fun to watch these big offense threats come and have a chance in Colorado. And then in, in the case of uh, Kadir and Morneau, get some batting titles, get some RBIs. I mean, both of them having some success. I mean, do I love that Colorado is the, the rehab home for some players or the, or the place where they go to spend the, the final couple <laughs> years of their, of their contract? No, but I'm not going to hate fun offensive players that come from, I, I think the twins are a really cool team and uh, I'm looking forward to watching them here in the playoffs, but uh, that's going to do it for our crossover episode today. Uh, wrapping up the series, the 20, the, the, the series for the Rockies and the twins in the season for the Rockies as the twins look ahead for their big matchup with the blue Jays. Brandon, where can everyone go to stay up to date with all of your twins coverage and, and all that postseason action? Yeah, Locked On Twins on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, at Locked On Twins on Twitter, or at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E, as it shows on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. So, yeah, love to hear from people. It's always fun to get new uh, audience members, and these crossovers are good for awareness, which I, I like a lot. Absolutely. And I, I think one of, I think it, it, just like the other teams got to play more teams, we get the chance to talk to more teams, which is a ton mm -hmm. of fun. And uh, I will always happily have the Rockies finish against anybody else other than the Dodgers because mm -hmm. they, they avoided the series. They had it just before, but in, in uh, 2022, I'll never forget the six to eight straight games against the Dodgers to finish the mm -hmm. season. And I'm glad that will never happen <laughs> ever nope. again. But Brandon, nope. thank you so much for the twins fans out there. If you want off season rock, Rockies coverage and coverage of the Colorado Rockies. You can find us locked on Rockies on YouTube. I'm uh, at LO Rockies on Twitter or Paul Holden 33. I'll be shifting mostly into Mario baseball focused here for my off season, uh, but uh, best of luck to the twins and folks until next time, this has been the locked on podcast network.